Hey team, welcome to Coach's Corner for another week. My name is Bart and for the next little while I'm going to be your coach specifically taking you through how to build impressive shoulders. Now as always, make sure you do like the show, make sure you do follow the show on whatever platform you are listening to this on. Uh, leave us a five-star rating and review, mention how much you like Jacob more than I do in the main show, it doesn't hurt my feelings, it's okay, but the more we can get engagement from you, the more content we can bring you on a weekly basis, so get to it. Now team, shoulders, how to build an impressive set of shoulders. There's a couple of things on the human body, particularly athletes, that indicate to me strength and function. The first is a really strong posterior chain, so we're talking back muscles, lower back, glutes, hamstrings, that to me promotes power and strength. But another thing of the human body that promotes this idea of power and strength is a good set of shoulders because they, the shoulders do a lot in terms of the movement patterns. And if we think about how much our shoulders are involved in all the movements we do in the gym, they're, they're connected somehow unless you're doing some sort of seated machine exercise. Every other free weight exercise involves the shoulders in some instance, either, whether it be bracing or actual movement. But what I'm seeing a lot um, is people struggling to grow their shoulders. Perhaps their, their biceps and triceps grow more than their shoulders or perhaps their traps grow more than their shoulders. So today we're going to go through some overarching rules of hypertrophy, of growth of muscles in general. They still apply to your, to your shoulders. And then I'm going to go through some tricks and tips and good exercises that may help you develop your shoulders. Now, why, right? Why do we want a good set of shoulders other than the fact that they look good? And, and they do. And if you think about it, I, this is the thing I say a lot, if you want bigger arms or you want your arms to look bigger, grow your shoulders. The shoulders frame the upper body. A good set of shoulders will make your arms look twice as big as they, <laughs> they actually are. But they also play a big role in athletic function. And a good set of mobile, well-functioning shoulders do play into what movements you can do in the gym. And so you can see some people with really great mobility uh, because of their mobility and shoulder stability and strength, can do exercises some of us can't do, stuff like overhead squats, stuff like cleans and snatches, for example. So developing your shoulders in the right way sort of opens up a door into exercises that maybe you know you haven't been able to do before. Apart from this, it's particularly important to have a strong set of shoulders when you move into older age. There's an incidence in women who go through menopause and there's a correlation between them and shoulder surgeries and, and shoulder issues. And so I think the reason is a hormone change or, or something to that extent. My mother went through this, this uh, at some point as well, had a shoulder injury, had a shoulder surgery. And so to, to future-proof your shoulders, we have to keep being able to move above our head. We have to make sure our shoulders are stable and make sure our shoulders are strong. And really you can say, you can make that argument for just about any body part going into older age. And there's a correlation between more muscle mass and stronger shoulders and less, uh, less risk of injury from falling. And I think less risk from a lot of chronic diseases. So it's particularly going into older age, focusing on a good set of shoulders can aid in uh, quality of life. Uh, and they make your arms look big and defined, which I've, I've, I've already mentioned but how, okay? So here's some overarching rules generally that pretty much apply for any muscle that you want to grow. The first is frequency. I want you to make sure that you're hitting your shoulders in a way two to three, in fact, two to four times per week, depending on the volume you want to give them. And so when I say hit your shoulders two to, to four times a week, I don't mean you have to do four shoulder days. All that means is doing a set of shoulder press on Monday, set of shoulder press 
or a variation on Wednesday, another variation uh, on Friday. And doing somewhere between three and six sets every time you hit those shoulders. So you're not doing five different shoulder exercises. You're just doing one for a number of sets and touching them multiple times per week. And what this does, we're finding, is sort of it sends the muscle building signal to the shoulders, then your shoulders recover. Sends it again, then recovers. Sends it again, then recovers. And you're working in this wave pattern. I found just hitting shoulders once a week sends a really strong signal to the body, but often the volume that people do in their shoulders is probably too much for them to uh, to adapt to. Remember, there's only a certain amount of muscle you can grow in one workout, or there's only a certain amount of muscle building signals that you can send your body in one workout. Any more volume, any more repetitions above that point is just more more recovery that you have to do. So I found touching them multiple times per week just one or two exercises, three, three to four times, or two to four times a week, is a sweet spot for most people, all right? Don't go overboard. I don't want you to be de- debilitated every time you do thrash your shoulders, but just one set and touch them. Um, I want you to make sure you're progressively overloading those movements as well. <clears throat> so if you think back to the last maybe three or four months of training for you, think about an overhead press, uh, an exercise you do often, has the weight been going up in that? Have you been progressing the reps in that? Have you been slowing down the reps to create more time under tension? Is there sort of some progress in that movement? And for a lot of you, the answer will be no. So I need you to make sure that we're looking for this idea of consistent progression. So it might look like on Monday doing a dumbbell shoulder, uh, shoulder press and you're doing four sets of 10 reps at 20 kilos. And the next week, you do the same. And the next week after that, you do the same thing, but at 22 and a half. This is telling us that we're getting stronger. This is telling us that we're progressively overloading that movement. Another way to overload it is to add a couple of reps. Instead of doing uh, 10 reps of 20 kilos, in a couple of weeks, you do 12. And if you can do 12, you're progressively overloading that movement. So I want you to choose a variable, whether it be uh, the tempo of the rep, how many reps you do, or the weight of the rep. I like the weight of the rep the best just because we sort of play around with more reps a bit too often, I think. Uh, And make sure you're overloading that motion, all right? Um, I want you to allow your muscles to recover. So if you do do a set on Monday, and you have to do them again on Wednesday because Bart told you to, but you're already tired and fatigued and your shoulders just don't feel right, give them another day. Allow them to recover. Remember, we build muscles, we build impressive shoulders when we recover, not when we're actually in the gym. So allow yourself to recover from these workouts, listen to your body, particularly with the shoulders, because you can get some pretty nasty niggles with them. And a word on nutrition. If you want to build your shoulders, if you want to get your shoulders bigger, and this is the same with every muscle, if you want a bigger butt, if you want more abs, if you want a bigger back, you have to be eating in a calorie surplus. Remember that. If you want bigger muscles, you need to eat more than you're burning. Um, that being said, you can still train shoulders in a deficit to bring out the definition. That's absolutely fine. But if you're here to get bigger shoulders, make sure you are eating in a, in a surplus. So there's your sort of overarching, overarching rules. All right. Now we're going to get into the nitty gritty. I want you to think about your shoulders in three parts. Your front delt, the front of your shoulder, the side of your shoulder, which is the big chunky part on the side, and your rear delt. There's a muscle that sits on the back of your shoulder called your, your rear deltoid. And what we find is that people will develop their front delt, they'll develop their side delt pretty well, but they neglect the rear delt. But the thing is, if you look at a person from the side, shoulder thickness looks impressive. And so if we want to increase our shoulder thickness, so we'll 
but we're thinking from the front delt to the rear delt, developing the rear delt will make that shoulder look a lot thicker from the side. And it's often a muscle that's neglected. All right, so the first thing I want you to do in building a set of impressive shoulders is really focus on the rear delt. And you might find that focusing on this muscle that previously might be underactive actually helps your overhead movement and helps you feel a bit more stable. It's, it's a great muscle to develop because we neglect it. And so the rear delt's quite small, but there are a number of exercises that I think are, are quite effective on it. Um, if you're doing, and here's a word of warning as well, if you're doing um, the rear delt machine, I want you to make sure, you, this is a bad advice for just about every other movement, but in that machine, I want you to round your shoulders. Because if we retract and put our shoulder blades into our back pocket like we normally do with a neutral spine bracing position, our traps and our rhomboids, other muscles around the rear delt are going to take over. So if you're doing the pec deck, the rear delt machine, round the shoulders and really focus on the back of the shoulder, all right? Other movements I really like are incline rear delt dumbbell rows. So you think of an incline bench, you're front on on the bench, you've got dumbbells, and you row with wide elbows, all right? We don't want the elbows tucked in on this one, wide elbows. Cable face pulls with a press. So think about a normal face pull where you pull the cable to your face, but I want you to bring that cable above your head. So you're pulling from straight arms to the cable above your head, same motion as a face pull to engage those rear delts a bit more. That little press, uh, it really helps. Uh, and of course, uh, a bent over rear delt raises. So typical dumbbell rear delt raises, the same rule applies as the pec deck or the, the, rear, the rear delt machine, round your shoulders, all right? Again, not good advice to give on just about every other movement, but when we're trying to isolate the rear delt, rounded shoulders will help. So I want you to make sure if you are focusing on a rear delt, you still apply the rules we went through. Three times per week, you know, one, uh, sorry, a one exercise, if three to six sets. And we're not going to absolute failure. Again, we're going to send the signal, allow to recover, send the signal, allow to recover. And then we go into the big chunky stuff. So we know that compound movements on any body part will develop a muscle better. All right. The research is pretty clear on this. But of course, there are exceptions to the rule and context applies. Context matters. So make sure you are getting in some big compound movements along with the rear delt. In fact, the rear delt work you could probably do alongside the compound work. So if we are going three times a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, for our shoulder frequency, you can do a rear delt exercise and a big compound exercise for your shoulders. Big compound exercises, it's no, uh, it's no secret that one of my favourites is a standing barbell press. It's a movement where you can lift the most weight on, um, requires a lot of stability, and if you really think about it, it's a whole body movement. So it engages the midline, engages the serratus to get, to get a nice overhead position. If you want to take it a step further, which I really, really like, is to do the same motion but seated, unsupported. So I'm not, I'm not the biggest fan. I do it every now and then of having an incline bench all the way up and supporting your back on that. It's, it's great for you shifting a bit more weight. But I love the stability component of having an unsupported seated overhead press, particularly with a barbell, one of my favourite movements. To progress the standing, uh, uh, standing movement of that, a push press. If you've never done a push press before, it's a great way to get more weight overhead. So all it is is you're standing in the rack, the barbell's in your front rack position like you're about to do a, a strict press. You dip the knees a bit and then push through your heels to propel the bar off your shoulders and then you finish the press overhead. So you push with the hips and then you press, push, press. 
This is great for a number of reasons. It allows you to overload the motion or overload the overhead press. So you can lift more weight in a push press than you can with a strict overhead press or a military press. And I really like it as well because it teaches coordination between the hips and the shoulders too. Love a push press. See the dumbbell press? I love unilateral, sorry, I love implements where there's two of them. So kettlebells, dumbbells, what have you, because you can often get more range of motion in that movement. So it's the same motion, you're pressing overhead, but with your dumbbells, you can often find a bit more range, especially when the elbows come down towards the ribs. An Arnold press, I think, is an awesome motion as well. Being able to control that slight rotation changes the emphasis from the side delt to the front delt a little bit. And again, the coordination factor of that I really like. And one that's sort of in that vein is a kettlebell press. I love a front rack kettlebell position with your thumbs together and on your sternum. And if you think about the range of motion of an overhead press, I think with kettlebells, that's going to be the biggest range of motion you can find because the bells actually start below your shoulders. And it forces you in a good position. Your elbows have to stay under your wrists, otherwise you're going to feel it and that, that kettlebell's not going to get up there. So... I love movements that allow more range of motion, but I also accompany them with movements that I can load a lot more weight on, like barbell movements, a strict barbell press or, or a push press. So those are, my, those are my meat and potatoes. I stick with those a lot. The rear delt work, choose your, choose your motion and make sure you get your frequency in there. But here's some unconventional movements that may help as well. I love overhead holds and overhead carries and carries in general, farmers carries, for example. I love being able to load the body up with a hell of a lot of weight. So if we're thinking about a farmer's carry in particular, what we're doing with a farmer's carry is we're stabilising the heavy weights with our hands. We're controlling our gait with our midline and our hips and our shoulders have to engage the entire time to keep those bells, kettlebells or dumbbells out from the body. And it is heavy. So if you've never done farmer's carries before, do a, do a few weeks of throwing in a few farmer's carries here and there. Make sure it is heavy, but make sure you're in a good position. And go for a, a 40 metres, 50 metres. You don't need to do it for minutes at a time unless your, your intention is grip and shoulder endurance. Love of, and overhead holds as well. Isometrics are, are often neglected in the gym full stop, but it used to be a really good, isometrics used to be a really great old school way of building strength. Really great for the nervous system. It fires up the nerves like nothing else. It creates a little bit less damage than a typical set because you're not actually moving. There's no concentric or eccentric. And it gives you more time under tension. So one, one thing I like to do is at the end of my kettlebell sets or dumbbell sets is I like to fully lock out overhead, stack the wrist, elbow and shoulder over each other with both hands and hold. And then I focus on trying to stabilize those weights with my lats and my middle back. And what you'll find is an, an incredible pump. A whole lot of blood will flow to the shoulders. You'll feel really stable once you finish the motion afterwards just because you are firing up those stabilizers in, in particular. Um, and it'll lead to more, gro more growth because of the time under tension if done uh, correctly. Alrighty? On the vein of isometrics, I love handstands which is a strange thing but I'm telling you, there's something about them. So handstands on a wall where you kick up your feet to the wall and you hold, stack your, your, um, uh, your hands under your shoulders and then crunch your abs as hard as you can. I don't want you to flare your back. And then again, just hold. And you can hold these for 30 seconds, 45 seconds, 60 seconds and do three sets of those and your shoulders will feel stable, as stable as 
anything else. Obviously, maybe get a coach to take you through this. There is a, a higher risk to reward with this movement, but it's a great skill to develop. And then you can press, progress that into handstand walking as well, which is sort of another level up for, for shoulder stability. Um, I also like two more, snatch, uh, snatch high pulls. So the snatch is an Olympic movement. Again, this is a bit more advanced, but <clears throat> it has a real real application to your shoulders. The snatch is an Olympic, uh, Olympic lifting movement where the barbell's on the ground and you throw it up overhead in one movement. Clean and jerk two, snatch is one. And the snatch high pull is just where you pull the bar to under your chin with high elbows. I love it again because it's a whole body movement, teaches your body coordination, teaches you how to leverage your hips for power. But that shrug at the top allows you to lift a weight you wouldn't have been able to lift otherwise if it was strict, which can take away from the hypertrophy side of it. But if you've never trained shoulders explosively, this will have a big impact to how your shoulders look and function over time. Love a snatch high pull. And if you want to take it even a step further, we don't have any of these in our Jets gyms, but uh, Mace Bells and Indian Clubs. This idea of shoulder rotation and, and being able to control movement through rotation is really important for shoulder health. And Mace Bells and Indian Clubs, if you don't know what they are, maybe just look them up. They can teach you how to load rotation. And again, there's a coordination element that I love. And the word of rotation as well, I love warming up the shoulders with rotation movements. So there's a movement called teacups where you hold a plate in the palm of your hand um, like, a, like a teacup, I suppose, and your hand is the plate. Um, and you're making a figure eight up and around your shoulder. So this is a slight loading on a rotational movement. And I think it's a really great way to warm up your shoulders and teach your body stability through rotation. But even a very slow and controlled arm circle, which I'm sure you do sometimes before you do an upper body movement, don't swing your arms around. Make sure it's a controlled movement and you're trying to activate the muscles that allow you to rotate your shoulder. Adding in rotation in your warm-up can help you feel a bit more stable when you do do your movements. So team, that in a nutshell is how to build impressive shoulders. If you have taken something away from today's episode, share it with a friend or a family member. If you've got someone who's got some very underdeveloped <laughs> shoulders and you want to throw them under the bus a bit, send them this episode. Um, and do make sure you follow, do make sure you like, do make sure you share, do make sure you leave a five-star rating and review. And we will see you next week for the main episode. Bye.